The Pistons are the basketball champions of the world. Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Buffs on Podcast. We are the best POD in the three one three. We're coming at you with our third installment of the season previews today. We got the bigs to go over today. Only four of them, uh, so we'll jump right into it. We ordered these guys based on how we feel um, uh, are, are most important. So I guess first and foremost, we're going to start with uh, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran being selected to the USA Select team along with Cade Cunningham, making waves throughout their time there. Um, the Duran and Cade pick and roll is going to be something fun to look out for, but uh, I'm excited to see what Jalen Duran does this year. His offensive rebounding is obviously a huge plus, so let's see how he improves on the defensive end. Uh, Connie, you're first on my screen. What are you going to add here about Jalen Duran? Well, I think the number one thing that Jalen Dern brings, well, y'all know how high I am on Jalen Dern. He brings a lot of things. But the number one thing is that rim rolling, uh, finishing around the rim. Uh, Like you said, Dern and Cade have been cooking all summer long uh, in those USA scrimmages, the Rico Hines runs, the USA scrimmages. Anthony Edwards was talking about them as a pair. Uh, Jalen Brunson was talking about them as a pair recently on the old man in the three. JJ Redick, uh, Cam Cam Johnson was talking about how, yep. how just well they played together. How those two guys are really something. And to me, it's like um, I've been watching a lot more football recently. Uh, so you know, trying to find some analogies, and it's like an it's like an elite QB that has his like number one elite weapon. Like here in Detroit, it's like Matt Stafford and Megatron, or Dern is Megatron, and like you just have the orchestrator uh, firing those things up, and he's gonna bring them down. So it's just like skill on both ends of that of that PNR sort of thing. Uh, How would you I, feel about a JJ McCarthy and Roman Wilson analogy? That's you know they haven't <laughs> yet this season. I want Michigan to be good, but there's been no competition to this point. They play Fair you for God's sakes. Man. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Continue. <laughs> um, I mean, we all know the role. He was uh, – this was a fun stat, I thought, was that he was eighth in dunks last year, um, and everybody ahead of him played at least 300 more minutes than him. Uh, he's only behind Duran in uh, – Duran is only behind Giannis in, like, dunks per minute or minute between dunks where Giannis is about 10.2 like every 10.2 minutes Giannis dunks the ball Dern is about every 10.7 minutes so about every 11 minutes of playing time Dern's throwing one down so we and, can expect uh, three a game by that I'm average. expecting yeah a significant increase from that even because we've talked so much about how the point guard play is so vastly improved this year and you know who's going to be the number one beneficiary of good point guard plays the dude that uh rolls to the rim every time and yams things through the through the irons so i expect that number to go up with you know Cade coming back as an elite pick and roll guy another another year of ivy getting older they really developed a good chemistry i think he's just going to be getting fed from everywhere uh and uh monty williams finally has a big man that wants to dunk the ball yeah, and there's obviously going to be those hustle plays where he will run down the floor and get those fast break dunks, and he'll also be crashing the offensive glass with some putback dunks as well. Um, I got a question, but I'll save it until after Gabe goes on Duran. So, Gabe, talk to us about your thoughts on Jason Dern. Um, Your last words there, his offensive rebounding. Aside the obvious, what Connie said, he, that he's just an immense play, play uh, finisher, uh, I want to see him be top five in the league of rebounding this year. Um, he has all the tools. The only thing I could see getting in the way is Stu kind of eating up some rebounds. But I mean, three offensive rebounds a game, nine defensive ones. I could like that's a reasonable goal for him. I think clean up after possessions. I feel like that happened a lot last year, where teams would just lock into an offensive possession just by bad positioning. Um, yeah, yeah but the rebounding. Aside from Connie, what you said, and then like we've all said before, 
him being an impactful rim defender. Um, it was kind of surprising how inefficient he was or like how often he wasn't there to swat a shot, I thought. Um, I think that's just a natural process. He's super young. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, and I could see it happening, that he fouls more times next year, just being in those right spots and like contesting more shots. But it's a process of his learning. So I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, he's definitely going to be better as a defensive presence. Um, and so the question I was going to ask is, how do you guys feel about Jalen Jordan shooting the ball more this year, whether that be from the mid-range off the dribble, spotting up in the corner every now and then? How are we feeling about those things? Your, Connie, your first reaction is there. I don't really want to see it because it takes him away from the most efficient spot on the floor for him. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while, a little floater push shot because one thing I do think that he's going to be used in is like short roll playmaking uh, coming off the screen. And then if they blitz Cade or if they try to take the ball out of Cade's hands, playing the 4v3, uh, finding other guys, or in some cases it's going to be taken himself. And I think he has the like the skill to make that little touch shot uh, in the mid-range. But I know we saw it in summer league. I also saw some clunks. Like if you're not a shooter shooter, like you – the skill level to be even an average shooter or below average shooter in the NBA is extremely high. And I'd really rather him put those touches to better use. And I think that's how he's going to be used too. Yeah. And we've touched a couple of times on how he's good with finishing with either hand around the rim. So I, I get what you're saying. Uh, Gabe, your thoughts on the, on the jumper. Um, You know, there's always, it's never bad to have a little bit, bit of just like, I don't know if the play breaks down he finds himself in the corner after like an offensive rebound and just you know hit that shot um i don't want any plays drawn up for it but you know sometimes basketball just flows in a way where he he'd have that open shot and he he should be able to make it if he uh, continues to play how he did in the summer but Connie, that's a great point that's a huge aspect of being like an unstoppable offense is having that option the playmaking out of uh, the advantage in the pick and roll. That's what we saw Jokic do to a title. Like, And I think he does have um, the player comp if he can't up that scoring. Because while I don't think I could, I, he kind of has the mold of like that Andre Drummond floater game where just like he like leans into the guy and it looks weird and doesn't go in a lot. He, but he I have more hope lot, than him. <laughs> he has a lot better touch. Than he does. Because. He does. Like he, he is much better with like you saw in the hook shots a little bit last year. The finishing with both hands around. He he he. I don't know. I don't like the Andre Drummond comps. They make me feel. They they make me scared. So I just like to deny it as much as possible. I'm still on the Bam Adebayo comp train. I that's, think yeah. that's like yeah. that's the ceiling. That's the dream right there. Kind of like thinking of that if. He's more of a scorer in a way where he just like takes a player off the dribble, like with a quick like dribble move out of the out of the post, or like the high post or like a mid range touch, rather than putting it up, just using his speed and athleticism, get straight to the rim against like I don't know, um, Mason Plumley or something. You know, like there's no way he can stay in front of him. Lower footed big, yeah, for sure. But you you said uh, top. I said uh, he might lead the league in rebounds if he plays thirty to thirty five minutes a game. He could. He's a dog. Any other thoughts on Darren before we move on to the second big we got on our slate oh. tonight? Any yeah. any awards right. you could see him collecting? Mm, or just, just not this good year. player? Just be a good player. player. I think because he's not. I don't think he's going to make an all defensive team. Uh, well, he has all the tools to play good defense, like you said. Uh, he's just oftentimes like a little out of position, a step slow, a second late, a um, little bit out of the spot, not really locked in defensively, which is totally fine because he was the youngest player in the NBA being asked to anchor a defense surrounded by other bad defenders. Uh, so I expect that to really improve. One thing that he did do really well on defense last year, which is uh, just fantastic modern NBA, makes you think about Bam Adebayo is switch out onto smaller guys, trap smaller guys. There's a couple, couple times where 
uh, he would be out with the point guard trapping the guy at half court. And he has the ability, like, in the foot speed to cover the ground to get back. Um, so he does a lot of good things. And I, like I've said a hundred times that he's a skilled playmaker, skilled passer. So by, by that, you'd be okay with the defensive uh, strategy of like having a hard hedge with Durant at the big who hedges out and then has to get back to his man. He said with the uh, speed. Yeah. I, the, I think the, the, the beauty of it is that you, you can do so many things. You can have him in a drop and just wait for the guy. Cause he's going to spring up. You can have him in a straight up switch sometimes hard hedge. Uh, you can do a lot of things, and that kind of mirrors other guys on this team. So I, I kind of like the defensive build that's coming in. Uh, one thing that I wanted to look out for in the defense was uh, fully embracing the role. Uh, that was a big thing with Drummond was not fully embracing the role, uh, like realizing that the greatest tool journey to success is doing what the team needs him to do. Like he was shooting some jumpers in summer league and like handling the ball and that's all good and well skill development, something down the line, but like he's a mostly going to be a screener dunker spot guy on offense and like shooting jumpers, taking a guy out of the post. Like it will be a hope. Like I think should be a little bit rarer of an occurrence. I mean, do you have any awards? Hey, I don't. And then Kyle Not this year. some stuff to you as well. No, I, I don't have anything for Darren this year. I think uh, this year is just going to be him being a good player, a good play finisher. Uh, hopefully it's another year of him improving. I mean, we saw him basically shatter all expectations for the youngest player in the league. I think the last time we had the youngest player in the league, it was Sekou Dumboya. So now you've got Jalen Darren who comes in and just does what he has to do. Um, so as long as he continues to improve, it'll not only help us succeed this year, but obviously as we move forward in this restoration as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this counts as an award, but I expect him to be on the Rising Stars game. Probably with Jaden oh. Ivey as well. Oh, big time, yeah. big time, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maybe Asar as well. We didn't touch on yeah. that, but I'd expect exactly. him there as well. I think it would be fun. You know, you kind of have like the Cade base two scenario all over again where two guys are on one team and one dude's on another team and you just go head to head with your teammates that, that's always fun yeah and then a large part i think also what would allow him to be a more versatile defender kind of be out there on switches that we have that like back line behind him uh hypothetically with Stu. so that gives um during more room to like be a roamer kind of what you know in the playoffs they put like i don't know a smaller guy on Jokic and then have like a roamer to try to help at the rim. Duran would excel at that role. We just saw Robert Williams get traded and literally all that's pretty much his entire skill set was being a roaming defender. So if Duran can do that as well as just being a larger body on the inside, I think he'll have a great year. And that's 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 what I expect, honestly. I think he's gonna have a really good year. Connie. You know what? Depending on who plays, I could see him being called up to the Olympic team. Like, there's talk. That's USA cool. has no has no bigs. And you got another year from now, and he's the type of big that you would want for that team. Like the problem that team had was defense, or not not defense, rebounding was the main thing. Like they and just, size, yeah, yeah, size, yeah. Size, yeah. yeah. Bully. like you're not bullying. It's, two years from now, Jalen Duran, man, I dare Jonas Valanciunas to try to push him around. Yeah. And on top of that, he's already met a lot of the guys that were on the FIBA team. So it's like if it's a lot of the same guys. Yeah. And impress them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any other thoughts on Duran before we move into the guy that Gabe just mentioned? Uh, can we move into the guy that Gabe just mentioned? And I had a, a thought off that kind of connects the two guys. Fire. Fire it away. Uh, with Stu, biggest thing is probably defense and like. Gabe said he's going to be backing up Duran. Uh, I think Stu also fits into that mold of the things that I really like that we're building is that there's defensive guys that can play defense in a couple different ways. Like Duran and Stu can really get the same sort of thing done uh, defensively. They do it in ways that look very different. Stu does it more with like long arms and positioning and mad strength. But being able to switch out 
and being able to be the person that protects the rim. Like you could have it almost be interchangeable with Duran and Stu. Like if Stu was pulled into the pick and roll, Duran's like protecting the back line, helping and vice versa. But uh, Stu is for sure the most defensively competent guy on this team. I think safe to say. Any counter arguments? No, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, Asar is now on the team, but like yeah. we'll, we'll see. But he's proven yeah. to be defensively competent, uh, and that's just doing it again in a number of ways. Which we should, like. You can throw Asar into that too. We kind of have three guys that can play all different types of defense uh, in a perfect world, and that's that's pretty interesting to me. Like as much as like the the skills on offense are interesting and how they intertwine and everything, but could make some scary defensive stuff going on, especially with a mind like Monty behind it. Oh, I mean, for sure. Cade as well. He just fits that mold. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you run out of lineup of, like, Cade, Asar, Liver, Stu, Duran. Like, there's some defensive havoc that can be caused there. And I guess while we brought up his name, um, report from Sean Murphy saying that Isaiah Liver's injured and may miss the next six to eight weeks. Uh, with Pistons Media Day being tomorrow, October 2nd, and our first preseason game one week from today, that's a big blow, um, especially for a young guy that we just talked about on the last pod, needs to stay healthy to, you know, earn his rotation minutes. And it just seems like this guy, this kid just unfortunately cannot stay healthy. Has there been any more on that? Or is it just that one tweet that we saw? It was just that one tweet, but... Um, but Ku did a locked on episode about it. Pistons Talk retweeted it. So I'm assuming uh, Sean Murphy used to work for Woodward Sports. So I'm assuming he, he might have a connection or two. Um, so I, I don't know how valid it is, but. I guess we'll know tomorrow. Out. Either way, media day. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's, uh, exactly. That's big for Stu, though, because Liver's was probably going to slot in mostly at that four, that backup four and four in different rotations. So. Gonna be a lot more need for Stu and need for Stu to you know do offensive stuff, you yeah. know, provide spacing, shoot threes, do some things. And yeah. I actually think, aside from Cade, that he's the most important player that like impacts our win percentage. Like if he's shooting thirty eight percent and being an elite defender, basically, that's a lot of wins. You know, that's really important for this role. His offensive improvement. Um, aside from the shooting, actually, you know, we talk a lot about his like weird kind of bad finishing at the <laughs> ring. He kind of throws it up there sometimes. You know, it's year yeah. four now. I want to see if he if he's gonna get under more control and increase um his field goal percentage, especially at the rim. Um, because that would that's just really nice to have as well. Just you know, someone who will catch the ball and put it up into the rim if it's an easy shot. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching a lot of highlights lately, and like I'm, I'm trying to learn more like offensive sets and stuff. So like when you were talking about Duran being a hub offensively, you could run a split action with like Bogey and Duran, where Bogey feeds Duran on the low block and then receives a screen moving back to the top, and then Duran hits Bogey for a topside triple. Like that could work out because Duran's passing is is at that level, and then you could run a double drag with I don't know, pick your point guard or Asar even if you want to. Uh, Asar, Ivy, Cade, Killian, if he even gets playing time. And then you have Duran rolling and Stu popping. If Stu is hitting at that 38% clip, that's scary. That was some stuff. Who was having real success with that? Uh, I think it was Washington. Yeah, uh, I think it was Washington. Washington was doing a lot of that. They had Mo Wagner uh, playing a lot of that. And it was always really good. And I didn't think of that. That's a, that's a good note. So it, it this team has so many options. And, and say you don't want to run it with Stu. Say you want to run that with, like, Bogey, if you run Bogey at the four. That's a lot more um, gravity towards the three-point line if Bogey's popping on a catch-and-shoot. What did we say? He hit, like, 50-something percent or 46% oh, yeah. on catch-and-shoots. Like, Bogey. yeah. I mean, like, that's insane. And then you got Dern rolling who just can jump up to the top of the backboard and just slam it home, like, there's so many options for this team. So Stu, yeah, if like you said, Gabe, if Stu can hit three-point shots and can be good defensively, I 
I think that's kind of what I'm expecting from him. Um, the only thing that I'd like to know on the switching everything is like, like we talked about, Stu is our best rim protector as of today. So having yeah. him switch, if you switch him onto a guard, you lose your best line of defense at the rim unless Jaren takes a ginormous step forward. So I like how Stu can stay with guards out top, but I'm hoping that we don't have to do that all the time so that we still have at least some line. Um, before yeah. yeah. It's the, ver- it's the versatility, like the option mm-hmm. to do that, but also the option to do six other d- schemes. That Yeah. Yeah. I do think he's not as versatile offensively as Duran. We saw a few flashes, you know, that pump fake and drive by Embiid, always a highlight with a huge slam. But um, there was a Hornets game, too. Yeah. He's, yeah, like, he's done some for, impressive like, or just straight up weird stuff. Yeah. Off- the dribble and like he's had a few good passes i don't think that's really who he is though i do think he's more of like a big man and that's perfectly fine and just be a shooter um because i don't think his ability to read is at the level at least offensively is at the level that uh duran is at. but kind of playing off these do you expect him to play more of his minutes at the four or at the back of five four especially to start the season four I think it's four, and that's why the three-point shot is, like, really important. Uh, I think it looks better, for sure, to all of us. And even it looked like the improvement continued into the Rico Hines runs. I don't know how y'all felt about it, but, it, like, visually, it looks a lot smoother. It looks like more rotation on the ball, less of that catapult jazz. But uh, he's, he had some good stretches last year from three ball as well. He, like, other than January – I uh, shot 11% in January. He was dealing with that shoulder injury that eventually took him out for the season. Uh, he was 36% from three outside of that, which sounds all right. I think the biggest issue with where I have trouble believing him in him as a four uh, is that he's like 35% or something. on. He's like a good shooter hitting with a wide open shot, which is no defender within six feet. Um, and then the percentages drop off a cliff when it's like four feet. I think it's like 27% with four feet and then much lower with two feet or like closed out on. Uh, he really has to be wide open. And that the, it changes a lot for like the uh, the, the way defensive play him. Yeah, the way defensive play him. Like if he can hit the – if he can be the same shooter that he is wide open as with a guy two feet in front of him, it changes things significantly because it makes the person that's guarding him not be able to just hang down in the paint and be like, okay, I can close out on this three and we might be, I might be all right with it. So it's, it's a, he's going to have to do it with livers out and how well he does it is going to impact if this is a legit good team or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too, overly concerned about it as of today because last year was his first year shooting a, a larger volume three-point shot shooting 36 percent on his in his first season of shooting volume three i'm just discarding january like you said because of the shoulder injury is impressive it, it's nothing to, to shy away from so it gives me more confidence that he is going to be able to do it and we know his work ethic is just incredible and like you said we saw his shot a little bit in the rico hines run and it looked a little more fluid so as of today, I don't have any reason to not believe in the Isaiah Stewart three-point shot. One thing I think that impacts his minutes at the four is just the necessity to be the backup five. I think we'll, you know, we'll talk about these guys later. I don't know if there's a reliable option, defensively especially, that's behind Duran. So I could see some like lineup staggering just to make sure we always have that one guy at the rim. And yeah, and that- that guy on defense and there's gonna be a problem if like either one of them Stu or Duran, gets into foul trouble because then you're gonna have to play um one of the guys that we're gonna talk about Bagley or Wiseman and then you run into all sorts of problems I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of those guys than you guys want to see like I'm fine with seeing either I don't hate it going to be played and tried out and like we said with those last two guys, all of last season, we couldn't really judge them until we see them with Cade. So I expect both of those guys still to get bites at the apple, for sure. Um, so I, I like that, yeah. I definitely see him more as a four, especially with, like, Wiseman and 
exactly backing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm okay with seeing them to start the season. Like, you know, it's a new year. You had a full off season to, to work on stuff. Like, you know, come and show us what you got. If you haven't improved any little bit from last year to this year, then yeah, that's fine. Red the pine. But I feel like it's fair enough to give every player a shot, especially in the beginning of the season. It's preseason, we got four games, maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15 games to start the year. Just figure it out. But any other notes on Stu before we dive into one of those two guys? Yeah, just that, that he's a dog. He's the, the lightning rod for this team, uh, the uh, emotional aggressor. A guy that will get, I think, get things going, and he's always so positive to freaking everybody on our squad, and he's so and he's so negative to everybody on everybody else's squad. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, uh, really, I think it's a fan. It's a great dude to have. Yeah, he, he's definitely the heart of the team. I think, and he's like you know the spirit of Detroit. Any other notes on Stu before we move into? I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. I'm gonna go to first. Uh, no, I'm good. I say we go to Wiseman first. Yeah, I that agree. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think he has. He's going to get the majority of the opportunities between the two, at least to start. Um, I think the Pistons are really high on James Wiseman, and I don't blame them for being. I mean, his ceiling is is up there. So he needs to, like we've talked about on the pod, he needs to be more consistent around the rim. Uh, he needs to be better defensively. He's got more question marks than answers at this point, but I'm excited to see what he looks like this year, like a full off season of knowing he's probably going to get playing time, whether that be at the backup um, five or third string five. Like he knows he's going to get minutes somewhere. So it's just a question of like, and reports say he slimmed down a lot. So there's a, uh, there's reason for optimism with James Wiseman. I always start with Connie because he's usually first on my screen for some reason. So let's go with Gabe this time. Your thoughts on Wiseman? Uh, of the of the two guys, I do think he's gonna be the one who establishes himself as that next big off the bench. Um, you know, I think it's pretty clear. Most people don't love everything he does. Excess post ups, kind of not be the defender that he could be. Um. But I do think, you know, like you said, he hasn't played a lot of NBA games. He barely played any college games. He's still young, and he has the body and the skills to be a really good five. Uh, and I do think he's exclusively going to be the center. I don't think he has that skill set of what Bagley tries to do, which I don't think he has either to be a four in the NBA. Um other than that, I don't think he's going to, like, I don't expect, like, threes and, like, cool stuff from Wiseman. I just expect him to be a good backup, solid um, option at the five, I guess. Yeah, like a play finisher type guy who just does what he's asked. Mm-hmm. Connie, any thoughts on Wiseman? Uh, I, I pray he does that. Uh, again, a beneficiary of, I think, one of the biggest beneficiaries of improved point guard play on this squad. Uh, not going to have to run it with Killian Hayes. Going to run it with Monty Morris, who is a solid, solid point guard. Uh, I like that you said he trimmed down because I think he has a another guy on this team that is a really good runner and can really get up and down the floor. Like he's not like the quickest footed guy, but like he's got really long legs and when he gets out in strides. He like he can really stride. Like he can really get out there yeah. handling the ball or being off of it. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing for, for him uh, that I th- would be conducive to success is playing the role. Like Gabe said, uh, excess post-ups, doing things with the ball in his hand. I, Taking pull-up threes. That's the most annoying one. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> see I want to see him set a screen. I want to see him roll to the hoop with his hands up. Because when he did that, he's, he's pretty good at it. Um, yeah. And he's pretty bad at the other – like, he's not a good post player or a good shooter, um, but he's good. He's a strong finisher. I got to give him that. He's a strong he brings, finisher. He brings the ball down. He likes that little power dribble, but yeah, lets a lot of people get their hands on it or foul him or poke the ball. Away. Uh, but I'm interested to see what he can do because there is a lot There is a lot of skill there. Um, and it, if it's focused and it's applied – could be good, but I could also see uh, 
Monty Williams being like, oh, it's just Aiton, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think he's going to have a long leash. And I think that's skill, a good thing. Yeah. Which is what I'm really like, there's a lot of media stuff about like, at least na- on the national level, talking about are the Pistons good? They have to make a decision. Are they going to be playing these two big lineups with Duran and Wiseman? And I think Monty, I hope Monty Williams, Monty Williams is a better basketball mind than the three of us combined. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. For sure. Yeah, but like, there's no way yeah. he doesn't see it, right? There's no way he's like, yeah, this is a good idea. I, he, he's going to see I, it. <laughs> and if he, he's the, not, like you said, short leash. The sad thing is I could see like Lawrence Frank doing that. And that's just, I think it shows where we've come as a team. Uh, we're no longer that team, and so I think there's no way that's happening. Um, speaking of his speed, you remember that one play in the summer league where he got the rebound and just kind of ran up, and it looked so weird. And then he just tried to dunk with his left hand, and he missed the dunk. He almost it yeah. so weird, yeah, but it looked so good, and he's insanely fast. And that dunk came out of nowhere. So yeah, his fast break—he's just another option. He'll run the floor and he'll beat most players down to the other end. Especially uh, most if, bigs, if they got to keep up. With especially, them. yeah. And if he's like, if he's, I don't know, contesting a three, we'll say Stewart at the four. You know, on that switch gameplay, he's out. He's gone, and that's a touchdown pass to him. Oh, big like, time! And we got guards that can make that touchdown yeah, pass. Yeah, Cade, too. Asar, Ivy, Monty. Like these are guys that, like, if you're in the right spot, ball's gonna find you. Like if you're there, you're gonna get hit. You're gonna get easy buckets. So. Is is that what like we've talked about what he could do? Is that what you expect? Like what oh. what what do you see from this season from him? I think. Oh, go ahead. You, go no, ahead. No, you got it. You got it. You got it. All right. I think, uh, like you said, short leash. So I think he's gonna have to. He's gonna be sat down, and he's gonna be told, like, look, we love everything you could do, but this is what we need to do. And if he can just wrap his mind around doing what he needs to do rather than what he can do, which is a really big adjustment for any player, like being asked to like, like Tobias Harris, he's getting sick of it in Philly. Like he's capable of so much more, but he's asked to just be a specific thing. Then uh, Wiseman has a chance to flourish in, in, in that role as a play finisher, as a big, we can get out and run, get the other guys back. But if he's going to just continue to just, try to do everything that he wants, thinks he can do, and doesn't show that he can, yeah, I mean, he, he's running out of rope. Yeah. Kind of like the Diallo talk from last year. Like, yeah. the talk with Diallo, he rode the bench, and then he had his role, and he played it really well. Just the yeah. thing that I'd be worried about is, you know, the, 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 the summer workout did come out for him, and it was dribble move mid-rangers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. because, like I think he might be one of those guys that just fancies himself. I'm a scorer. I've always been one. This is what I do. I'm in the NBA for God's sake. Top 450 in the world. Uh, I'd be a little worried about it. And then also, also just being like a half second slow on all the defensive stuff. Yeah, he should be a much bigger rim deterrent, right? He like he's seven. He really should. Really long arms. Like that's why he gets those weird dunks off. That's why he's almost able to yam it over that guy on a fast break. It's because he's freaky long and gigantic and he's not a good rim defender for some reason. I uh, I think you just gotta teach him the basics. Just like go straight up go jump straight up with your arms up. That's it. Another thing with Monty, uh also from that a podcast with Cam Johnson where Cam Johnson really broke down like Monty is an incredible teacher uh somebody that like he is really good at teaching people skills of the game and the right way to play the game and he's just that is one of his strongest assets along with out of balance plays but so this is the opportunity for Wiseman right this is make or break year right we can all say like another yeah. year came from him He's he's just a little Okafor cooking dudes in the post in the Euro League. Yeah, it's a big year for James Wiseman. It's a big year for the guy that we're gonna talk about next. But I'm I'm rooting for Wiseman. Young kid, never got an opportunity on a on a on a really good team. He just landed in the wrong situation. Uh so hopefully he comes into Detroit, thinks it's the right situation, and just takes advantage of the opportunity that he's given. He's he's got a chance. He's got a chance to prove himself. He's Detroit's the place to do it. I mean, we we embrace 
uh, pretty much any player that comes through our doors unless they, you know, badmouth it. So Detroit has a loyal fan base until you turn on them, and Wiseman hasn't really given us a reason to turn on them except for terrible rim protection and post position. But besides that, uh, I'm all for the James Wiseman experiment. Gabe, any other final thoughts on Wiseman before we move into Bagley? Nope, nothing for me. All right, so Marvin Bagley. Um, what's to say about Marvin Bagley that we haven't already said about James Wiseman? They have, I mean, Marvin Bagley is a lot better of an offensive big uh, as of right now than James Wiseman is, both former number two overall picks. Um, given a chance in Detroit, we, we talked about how we can't write off these bigs until we've seen them play with Cade. We saw Bagley play with Cade, and we saw Bagley, what did we say he was doing? He was doing 20 and 10. So it'll be fun to see if that connection still exists and if it still works. Um, but uh, I started getting with Gabe last time. So, Connie, talk to us about what you think about Marvin Bagley. Yeah, exact same notes for Marvin Bagley as for James Wiseman. Uh, he's not a shooter. He's not a mid-range playmaker. Uh He's not a playmaker. He's a play finisher. Uh, and the reason I have some hope for him, and I think he might play more than we think he's going to play, is because when Cade was on the court with him, he really embraced that role. He, was, he wasn't he was around for the beginning of the season this year, was he? Or am I mm-hmm. correct? He wasn't? He was. He was? Okay. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> he's had some big – there was that game, I think it was against – I want to say Indiana, but I could be wrong on that, where it was a pretty big Pistons comeback, and it was powered by a lot of Cade to Bagley late-game dunks. Um, he, when Cade, when Cade was off the floor, and it was more of the Wild West in terms of how are we getting buckets, did a lot of stuff and not very well. We went over last year those Wiseman and Bagley post-up numbers. Um, but he has shown a willingness to when there is a point guard in there, he knows I'm, I know how to get my bread buttered. Like I know how to set this screen and roll to the hoop. I know how to cut in off the side. I know how to get these dunks and these layups off of these other uh, good playmakers. Um, so that's why I'm not super worried about him. Uh, honestly, I mean, defensively, obviously there's, there's things to be wanted. Uh, he's not quite fast enough to be a switch guy. He's not quite big enough to be the at rim or willing, I guess, even, or, able to be that at rim deterrent so um i feel good about his offensive game i feel really good about his offensive game this year actually i think he's going to fill into that role and and be a guy for us and another guy who can run and grab and go yep yeah i I think we've talked about it before like this team is perfect for like a transition fast-paced style of play like ivy asar uh, Cade's great in the fast break. Bag uh, Bagley can get out and run. Duran can move a little bit. Stu can sprint down the floor. Wiseman can run a little bit. Like this team ha- and Bogey is just great as like a trailer. Just pop it back to Bogey. He'll hit a triple. So there's tons of options for the squad. Uh, Gabe, your thoughts on Bagley? Um. Yeah. I mean, like we've been saying. Um. We. I think we kind of know what he is. Um, he could improve his percentages. I don't think he's going to change his game really in any way. Um, and I just remember a quote from Greg Kelser last year. And he, when we had the thought in Isaiah's rookie year, if him and Bagley or like sophomore, if one of them could play the four, and it was kind of consensus that it would be Bagley. Um, and then he just didn't develop the three-point shot really, uh, which is kind of stopping him. And I like I don't like his form. Um I don't think he's going to be making a lot of threes this year. And I think that's really going to limit uh, his place in the offense, aside from being a roller. Um, but then again, like Connie said, if he's the roller, he has to be the big man on defense. And can he do that? I just think, I think of the players we have, he's most likely to be gone um, first, gone at some point this season. Uh, just because I don't see him slotting in at the four. And I think Wiseman's going to earn a spot at the back of five. I do think he'll he'll have an NBA career. Just not Makes with sense. us. Just not with us. And But we, we said a lot of bad things about Wiseman and Bagley. Um, but if you put Wiseman, Bagley, and Duran up against any other uh, trio of bigs in the league, you're not going to – you're probably not going to find a more athletic trio. 
I can't think. Yeah. Of that. Like you know, if if you could, like if Wiseman and Bagley just embrace this role of like, we're more athletic than you, we can do things that you can't, and just do that. There's sky's the limits for those two for sure. Connie, any final thoughts? Final thoughts, not on these guys, but uh, two current NBA free agents that I think could slot in on this team if we decide to cut or cut bait from some of these guys or make a trade where we combine a couple guys into one guy. Um, one is for the four spot um, with livers down. We want a little more, more size, a little bit more shooting, a capable forward. Jermichael Green, uh, still a free agent. Uh, you know, had his woes, but, you know, he's an NBA He's player. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty solid. Could fit into that four. If we need, like, a real – like, a guy who could play four that could actually shoot the ball. Um, he, he's kind of a Monte Morris of being the four. You know, that's kind of his role. He doesn't really do anything bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we would love him here in Detroit. Um, and the other guy who Monty Williams has had some success with playing with a ball – a pick-and-roll point guard is Bismack Biombo. Uh, also currently a free agent, could play that more of a rim-rolling center that is absolutely willing to block shots and play defense on the interior uh, if we eventually move on from a guy like Bagley or Wiseman in a trade for maybe a smaller guy. I would kind of like a Bismack Biongo and like a Rodney McGruder role. Like, you just ask him to come in whenever, but rather than that, he's like a vet that just teaches the young guys. I think that would be a nice role for him on this team. Yeah. I think you would be willing to do that. If you were playing like 2K franchise, um, <laughs> I leave. You could set Bismarck Yambo to like train Jalen Duran. Uh, yeah. For the defensive rim protection badges. Uh, yeah. So if, yeah. if it's an accurate simulation, I think we should sign Bismarck Yambo. It is. It is. And I think the three of us combined are a great 2K GM. But uh, any other thoughts on the four bigs that we mentioned today? Um, I've mentioned this guy before. He's not one of the four, four names we talked about, kind of in that Biombo role. Uh, Andre Drummond, uh, I think he's changed his mentality. Uh, he had that video come out with those kids that I saw. And I think like he's I think he's just a good player. Um, being a backup role, playing that role. I still think he's an immense rebounder, and he's become a better defender. I think he's better than most people think of him now. He kind of took a, a nosedive deservedly so but now i think maybe detroit isn't good for him but maybe you know he could he's like he gave us what like eight good years something like that yeah. i don't know how long he's actually on saying. the team still doesn't like make layups though and that's the issue like he's had a <laughs> change like his skill level hasn't really like gone up tremendously but um, i think and i think that's okay with a big man like, I don't know. We'll see. If not, watch out for him having a big year this year in Chicago, if that's the team he's on. And I guess we we haven't, I don't know, we haven't really talked about them as on the preview, but a huge part of this team is Coach Monty and just having a different look offensively, a smart, modern look on this NBA team, an NBA brain and a coach's player. I think that's a huge part. We've talked about it before when he came. He's just a great guy. Like, Connie said earlier um, about what Kem Johnson said about him, just to be able to be a teacher for this team. Casey was kind of the dad of the team, and now we need a teacher to for us to be a good team. And I think him, along with our front office, I'm a huge fan of keeping Casey in-house. Um, Tom Gores has proven he's willing to spend money. Uh, I just think we're in position to have a great season next year. Uh, but basically from all sides. Yeah, if everything breaks right for us, like we have all the pieces of being a really good team, a really good um, franchise in the future. Um, but any other thoughts on the Pistons? And then we can do a little NBA talk. Uh, no? Uh, all right. All right. Well, I'm a Tigers fan. So before we get into the Damian Lillard trade and the Drew Holiday trade, I just have to say, for all my Tigers fans out there, uh, I think we can all say thank you to Miguel Cabrera. A wonderful career uh, coming to an end today. Um, just probably the last icon Detroit will see for a long time, um, not only in baseball, but 
he's we got to wait to see who the next Detroit icon is. Is it Cade? Is it Goff? Um, I don't watch the Red Wings, so I don't know who the next icon there would be. But uh, thank you to Miguel Cabrera for an amazing career and giving your time to Detroit after being traded here. You got me into baseball, so I appreciate it. Um, I'll step out my box now. You guys, what do you think about the Damian Lillard trade? Um, I think it impacts the Pistons a lot. We went from maybe we could kind of sort of maybe squeak out a win against the Bucks to like, no, we're screwed. Uh, so I think those are at least three to four L's every year that we're going to have to catch uh, while Dame and Giannis are still there. Uh, yeah, I feel like Drew Holiday always killed us, though. Always made life sure, yeah, but I feel like Dame could kill us more. Like, oh, Dame right. is Dame. <laughs> Watch our defense uh, freak out with a Dame Giannis pick and roll, man. That's not oh, my God. It's going to be brutal. Even if you just feed Giannis in the post, like, you can't double off of him because they will set a back screen, get Dame open for a triple. You also got Chris Middleton, who's still out there, who can do his thing. Lopez and is still Lopez. There. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So did the Bucks that, mess up though? Because now the other best team in the East has the best player that you could possibly want for containing Damian Lillard. I mean, can, um, can the Bucks do anything about that? They made a move to try to like improve their team. You know, if if you were if you were the Bucks and you know the basketball gods came to you and were like, hey. Would you like Drew Holiday or Damian Lillard? Who are you taking? You'd say Dame. You just gotta take Dame, right? So you can't really say the Bucks screwed so up. Like, they just took. I do Drew think Holiday they got better. And if yeah. you take Damian Lillard, your worst, your biggest competitor gets Drew Holiday. It's just I, I know they, they, they would do it again, but uh, those are gonna be some fun playoff series and games. Oh, big time! I, I also feel like Boston, like their second unit is significantly weaker now. Like, you don't have Malcolm Brogdon, who was the six-man-of-the-year candidate, coming out. and I Didn't he win six-man? I don't even remember. He um, has in the past. Yeah, right. He did, too, right? Yeah, like, you got a six-man-of-the-year now gone, and your bench is not going to be as strong as it was last year, which is uh, which was one of your strengths. So uh, your starting five is, is pretty – Dang good. I mean, Holiday, Brown, Tatum, Horford, KP. Um, that that's not a bad five to roll out there. But I still don't think can 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 Boston contain Giannis? I I don't think I think that's no. the problem. Right. But they also now have like the glaring defensive hole that Boston can attack every time down. Like Damian Lillard is going to be. They're going to have the heat-seeking missiles. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, always looking for that switch every single time. That's why you got Giannis and Brooke Lopez behind him, though. You know, and I I watched a video, I think it's from B-Ball Breakdown, and, like, one of the Bucks' biggest problems over the last few years of contention, except for the year where they won the title, is that they suck in clutch time. And that hurt them a lot down the stretch, last year especially. And then you bring in a guy like Damian Lillard, who is just synonymous for, like, doing the clutch thing and one of the clutchest players in the NBA. So it's, and like you guys mentioned, that pick and roll is going to be a nightmare for anyone to guard. So it's, uh, it's going to create a fun matchup atop the East for sure. Also, yeah, I was going to say, I think Suns are the only team that got fleeced in that trade. Everyone else is well off. Do you think they really, are they expecting Nurkic to start at the five? Yeah, who else? Uh, just, it's yeah. like, when it's, Jock Landale? When it's Wayne. No, he's in Houston now. <laughs> oh, who's their backup five? I don't even Bol-Bol? know. I don't. Bulbul? He's in Orlando, isn't he? No, no he's Bol-Bol on Phoenix. Is, uh, he is oh, he's Phoenix. on Phoenix now? Okay. Yeah, I guess Bulbul is. relying on the Kevin Durant five in those in those tough minutes. You know? <laughs> They're going to get destroyed. I already like, know. He can yeah. sort of do that, but he's. 35 years old, like, you can't know what you're putting Kevin Durant, defensive anchor, 35 years old. Like, say you're in the finals against the Celtics, like, KD at the five against KP, I'm not, I don't want that. Or what about Giannis against KD? What about, what about Lopez or Jokic again? Yeah, or Anthony Davis. I do think the Bucks are the only team in the league that can guard Jokic, and so for that reason only, I hope that they meet up in the finals. 
Brooke Lopez, I think, is the only human on Earth that can contain Jokic. Yeah, yeah. and Giannis is a help side defender. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> talking about earlier, Gabe, they could do that pretty well. Stick Brooke on Giannis, and then just have no stick Brooke on Jokic and have Giannis roving uh, off Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but also there is no stopping Jokic, and he would eat Brooke Lopez like a. TV dinner. Like, he, he, <laughs> like if you judge it's one on one, he's demolishing Brook Lopez every time. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I do think he's advantage, but I think he's l- literally the best matchup Jokic Dude, can I, have I, I in remember, the world. I remember, no actually, one. Now it's coming back. Like those, there was a Bucks Nuggets game I watched last season, and there was like a couple possessions in a row where Jokic just like put Brook Lopez under the hoop and just scored. Like limited the help because he literally just put him up. Under the basket. Yeah, I mean, that's unstoppable. Yeah, that's unstoppable. I mean, it, it'll be a fun series, though, you know. Um, but the Bucks do now have a rookie coach. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts their um, abilities, too. You know, Griffin coming in from Toronto. So the, a ton of competitive teams this year have new coaches. Um, the only real constant, I think, is Boston, right? Philly's got a new coach. Um Toronto, if you consider them a contender, has a new coach. Uh, Milwaukee has a new coach. Uh, Phoenix has a new coach. So lots of new coaches. Any other thoughts on the NBA or the Pistons before tomorrow's media day? Nothing. Nope. Nothing? Yeah, well, tomorrow is the official basically start of the next season. We will have player interviews. We will have coach interviews. We will have new media day photos. Um, it's coming, Pistons fans. Seven days from today, the Pistons face off against the aforementioned Phoenix Suns at Little Caesars Arena for their first postseason game or preseason game. So uh, we will try to talk to you guys this week after media day. Uh, hopefully we'll get an update on Isaiah Livers. But until then. Uh, Hope you enjoyed our third installment of the season previews with the bigs. If you haven't seen the other two with the wings and the guards, make sure to check that out so you're all up to date for media day tomorrow. But until next time, throw the buffs on Detroit. The future is bright.